I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Accepted the, the podcast. podcast, and I'm not Theo, and I'm not Juliet. And the big question, as always, on everyone's minds this week is what's shaking bacon? Wow, well, look at how surprised I am to be asked that question. <laughs> what bacon? What? what? When did we start to eat bacon? Only Hurrah. the past two years. Uh, let me see. Um, I have had a real fun week at work, so all I have to do is talk about work. Um, but I will say that, and it's kind of in line with the theme of today's show, um, uh-huh. I have been looking for kindness in the world. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. You know, I mean, instead Sweet. of looking at all of the negative stuff on Twitter and how the Nazis have taken over that platform, because they really have... Um, uh-huh. And, like, all the bullshit in the news cycle. Instead, it's like, if I see something that's really cute or nice or whatever, um, I make a note of it. So, this morning I sent you a text of a photo of somebody's front yard. And they had put up um, kind of a fun sort of looking folk art sign that said, Dog Library, take a stick, leave a stick. And there were a pile of little sticks at the foot of the sign. And I was like... (laughs) That is charming. That is sweet. That is so funny. Hurrah. Um, my neighbors, I don't know them. There's an apartment building across the street. So I have like 300 neighbors. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were these two girls who were sitting in the middle of the road. I live on a pretty quiet street. So that's mm-hmm. not so weird that somebody might like, whatever, sit in the road for a minute. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at what I thought was a pile of rags. It turned out to be the mangiest looking cat I have oh, ever no. seen in my life. Yes, oh, it was. No. It, how is this a sweet story? I will tell you. Um, <laughs> so I was driving my car in their direction and they're in the middle of the road. And I'm like, oh, I have two choices. I either stop and I do a three point turn and then drive around the block or I just real slow inch my way past. And that's what I did. I real slow inch my way past them. Um, and I'll say, I looked at the girls. They looked at me. It wasn't like I almost ran them over or anything. It was perfectly yeah. fine. There was plenty of room. It's a, it's a big street. Cool. And um, I saw the cat. And I was like, oh, and I waved at them. And they kind of smiled and waved back. And the next day, I saw like three food dishes out on that corner so neighbors Uh are like feeding the cat and watering Uh the cat um and so i thought that was really sweet and then (laughs) this does go in a different direction but i think it's good news for squirrels so um i was everything's animal related and they're so innocent and so um on another street that's a very busy street uh, I was driving, getting coffee in the morning, and there was a squirrel in the middle of this very busy street, right? It's mm-hmm. four lanes of traffic. And 
I was like, oh no, that squirrel. And it ran straight into a car's tire. The car was oh, doing no. like 40 miles an hour and it bounced off and just lay on the, f- on the middle of the road. And it was, I, and I, that's just as I'm driving past the squirrel. Yeah. Right. And it was not well, like oh, no. it was, it was clearly in like not a good situation. Oh, and no. I was like, Oh God, I have to drive around the block and go and stop traffic to rescue this squirrel. And I really want coffee, but I'm also kind of traumatized by what has happened to this poor squirrel. Because poor squirrel, Uh right? I was not doing any... Anyway, and then I was like, you know what? That was the Hitler of squirrels. That squirrel was evil. Oh, my God. And I got my coffee. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is your feel-good story. It's as good as I can get things. Um, and I, and I will say that's all I got. And the rest of it is just go downhill from there. Um, oh my and God. so what about you? Wolgenstuken Ockenkoko, which is Norwegian oh for what's shaken bacon. I, made I that went up. to Norway and uh, I went to Oslo. So I didn't get to see all the fun fjords and stuff in the north and the west and whatnot. Um, but I'll hopefully be able to go back and see all those things eventually. But um, I kind of, it was kind of a surprise visit to Norway. I mean, uh, like a month before we left, my cousin told me that she, um, this guy that does call and response chanting, who's supposedly famous, who is famous in that area. I don't know how big a niche that is, but he's famous in that niche. Um, was going to be doing a workshop and a concert in uh, Oslo, and she really likes him, so she wanted to go, and did I want to come with her? I'm like, sure, why not? And, uh, why not? I'll go to Norway in May. Um, so I went, and I have to say that Norway is probably the best country I've ever been to in my entire life. What? Bar none. It is amazing. It is a progressive representative democracy. They have universal health care. They have comprehensive social security. It is clean. You could eat off the streets. It is beautiful. It is stunningly beautiful. The people are friendly. Everyone speaks English. Everyone speaks like a hundred languages. There are tons of restaurants and cafes in Oslo. Um, there's museums. There's all kinds of stuff. It's just amazing. And the parts that I didn't see are even more beautiful than the parts that I did see, according to pictures I've seen. So um, I would move there in a minute if it wasn't so freaking cold like eight months out of the year. I am just wow. Like nobody's ever said shitty stuff about Norway to me. Right. Right. But right. I've also never heard never heard anything about Norway one way or the other. I know, right? It's like I never would have gone if, if my my husband my cousin wasn't <laughs> like <laughs> wasn't like let's go to Norway and I'm like why the hell not? Um, it was not on my list of top ten places to go in the world, but I'm so glad I went. It was just absolutely amazing, and and I, I hope I get to go back one day. So I recommend it very highly to anyone who's even pondering going to Norway. If you go up in the north of Norway, you get to see the northern lights and all that kind of stuff. And there's polar bears and fun things like that. Um, but but it was just, it was a blast. I had the best time and, and the, the coffee is really good and the pastries are amazing. So uh, totally recommend it. Your favorite people in the world. Um, in the world. I don't know who your previous favorite people. Who were your previous, what was your best favorite country before Norway stole your heart? Maybe Italy. Yeah, I can see could be I'm agreeing that yeah that's acceptable sure that could be your favorite I mean you know the United States had 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 it good going good for a long time because it's the place that I was raised and it, it there's a lot of a lot of good things to say about the United States and maybe like 
10, 20 years ago, I would have said the U.S. is almost as good as Norway and we're headed in the right direction to become a country like Norway. But now it's just like we're headed in the totally opposite direction. So um, I'm thinking that if I had the opportunity to move to Norway, I would consider it very seriously. Uh, this is after being there one week. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, well, I am going to say this will be our bridge to the story, everybody. Um mm-hmm that I hear what you're saying about the U.S., right? And that the Nazis have taken over, or at least they've taken over the news cycle. Um, it sure feels like it, yeah. It sure fucking does. Um, and and that's awful. But mm-hmm. what great would have been if been like, and that's finally, thank God. Thank you, Nazis. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, you know, cultures shift... Trends shift. We go from the left to the right. Not even necessarily politically. It takes politically. so long, though. It it takes and so long while you you're living through it. You have to go through, through a lot of really bad wars for that to happen. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen here. It well, how At could? Least it? Now I'm alive. Uh-huh. Well, uh, right after I'm gone, I don't care what happens. Everybody have a field day. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Um, but no, I think, and and this is just me thinking, right, out loud behind a microphone. That that the we've all just kind of collectively have had enough. Mm-hmm. Enough hatred, enough bullshit. I hope so. Enough. Um, which is part of the reason why this uh, story attracted me when you suggested it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a sweet little story. And so aside from this, which we'll get into, because um, yep. it's a story of, of forgiveness... And cupcakes. Um, but, yeah. you know, there's like all kinds of silliness. Like the Barbie movie is coming right. out. Right? right. And I've seen a trailer for it and it looks joyful. I use that oh. word. Right. It looks cute. Will I go see it stoned? Not in the theater, but on <laughs> Apple TV, probably. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of like other things in the news cycle or other things in the media that have this sort of like innocent sweetness about them. But I feel like, I feel like things will change. Um, I hope so. I was watching uh, Wanda Sykes uh, new comedy special last night on Netflix. And she does this joke that was really, really good. Um, And so Basically, she's talking about all the book banning and all of the uh, drag queen show banning, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And she said something to the effect of, um, listen, the the right wing has their perspective skewed. It's not books that are killing children. It's guns. We should be banning guns, not books. And so the day that a drag queen walks into a school and kills eight um, third graders with a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird, right? That's when you've banned books and drag queens. Yeah. Hasn't happened yeah. yet. Um, right. Oh, I was trying to keep us on a joyful note instead of talking about drag queen <laughs> killing children. Hmm. So let's dive into it, shall we? All right, let's talk about our story this week. So um, last week in late May, uh, which is last week, basically, a dude broke into a bakery in Vancouver, British Columbia, not Washington. 
I think. Uh, I'm 90% sure <laughs> it's British Columbia. Um, the bakery's called Sweet Something. Uh, he basically had been standing around outside of the bakery for about half an hour before he kicked in the glass window of the door. And then he went inside. Um, he cleaned up the glass. He mopped it up. He took selfies on the store phone. And he walked out with a box of six chocolate champagne cupcakes. All of this leads me to suspect that he might have been a little bit drunk. I don't know how you feel about that. But that was kind of the, the, the way I was going with the story. So it was one of two things, right? Mm-hmm. Either the guy is super drunk or it's, uh, I'll say, bipolar episode, but mental health episode, right? Um, and so I did watch the the video footage of the guy breaking into the um, bakery. And, like, he just kicks his leg through that glass yeah. without a second of hesitation. <laughs> You could, like, I don't think you could sever your leg, but you, you could really sure. fucking hurt yourself. There's some major arteries in your leg. Um, cut one of those, and you don't have a lot of time. Everything is going into this dark place. <laughs> Just stop it. Stop it. This is a story about a bakery and cupcakes. Um, and and how sweet, though, that, like, he cleans up after himself. and. Yeah. You know, and then he just leaves with a box of cupcakes. He didn't like go into the cash register. He right. Didn't vandalize the store. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, and the footage that you talk about. So uh, the the store owner Emma Irvine posted it to TikTok, and it went viral. So pretty quickly, it had over two million views. I don't know how many it has now, um, but he, she posted the security camera footage and the selfies that he took. Um, and in the selfies, he's wearing this big pair of orange sunglasses, which the store has wisely capitalized on this iconic accessory by making orange sunglasses sugar cookies and putting them on top of chocolate cupcakes and then selling them to benefit the store and help pay for repair of the broken uh, door or window. The cupcakes are called Crime of Passion, which I think is funny. And the cupcakes look delicious. I wish I could get one. And uh, I'm going to say this is a genius way of taking lemons and making lemonade. Absolutely. Right? Um, I I think that uh, the store owner, the bakery owner, has a wonderful perspective on this, yes. right? Yes. Um, and accepted the apology, forgives the guy. Yeah. Um, and in a way, he's made her famous. Um, yeah, yeah. She said that. She said, um, well, what did she say? That uh, some people, uh, she's getting more attention. Business has picked up. There's eyes on the business, she said, that would have never been there before. We even have people from the U.S. in Texas and Seattle offering to buy cupcakes, saying they don't even want them shipped. They just want to help support us because they saw our story. It's really incredible what the online community can do for a small business. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to say that she said she also said that um, the the fact that he made these selfies and and uh, tried to clean up turned turned the uh, the event from from the sinking moment into a really good laugh with the team. We all have had a good giggle in the back, knowing that it was just six cupcakes and no one was injured. You can't be too mad at it. He did try to clean up. We all get our cravings, and some people really really need our cupcakes or treats. They are very good. So I'm sure it has something to do with that. She said. 
And as you alluded to, um, the burglar actually called the bakery to apologize a few days after he broke in. She said, um, the, the uh, a store owner said, he gave me a call and, you know, it was a really sincere, heartfelt apology. I have a soft spot in my heart for this guy, so we've definitely asked the police not to press charges. I couldn't believe that he had called the bakery. I don't know why. I just never thought somebody would call in after that. To have a conversation with him, it kind of closes the book on it for me. Sometimes getting broken into can be scary, and this was, in a weird twist of emotions, kind of seems like a feel-good moment when I got to talk to him. So he actually offered to cover the cost of the door and pay for the cupcakes that he took. I don't know if he came clean about who he was or if he just offered to anonymously maybe drop a wad of cash through the mail slot. He breaks in again to leave a... Envelope filled with cash, yeah. <laughs> and get the, Twice as much for the first and second breakthrough. No, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how this ends. He's going to sue her because oh she's making money off of his orange sunglass image. <laughs> yeah. Well, he promised to give her the orange sunglasses. And uh, the owner actually asked him what he thought about the cupcakes. And he said that he really, really enjoyed them. And she said, who knows if he felt like he had to tell me that. I told him I wasn't upset with him. I told him I wasn't even mad. So she feels like the apology has really righted the wrong that was done, which is really generous of her and probably more generous than I would be in, in her situation. I would be like, pay me back and I'm going to take you to court and I'm going to throw you in jail. And you'll never get cupcakes again in this town. And you'll never eat another cupcake in your life. I don't know. I think I would be more like her. I think um, that no real harm was done outside of the broken glass door um, yeah. yeah. And so I, I would like to think that, yeah, okay, great. Um, I was watching the guy for signs of drunkenness, uh-huh. like, you know, how wobbly is he or, yeah. and he didn't seem that wobbly, which is kind he of didn't. why I went more towards, well, maybe it's a, maybe it's just a mental health moment. Like a manic episode or something. Yeah. You know, I have. I'm going to make this place so fucking famous. I'm going to break in here and I'm going to use my orange sunglasses and I'm going to, I'm going to benefit a small business. I'm a giver. I wonder what time of day it was and why he was wearing sunglasses at night. Um, I believe it was night. Oh, that's what time of day it was. <laughs> yeah, it was nighttime. It was probably um, pretty late in the evening. I don't think bakeries are, I mean, what do I know about Vancouver? Right. I, nothing. I've been a few times. Um, Mm -hmm. but a long while back. So I don't think it's a big party town, but also I don't see a bakery in the middle of a bunch of bars. So is there like a drinking area close by? I didn't Google map the area, so I didn't, I don't know. Maybe that would make a lot of sense if there was a bar next door or something. Yeah. I, yeah. But so either way, we'll just say that, um, I'm not surprised that he called in because that video footage of him is very clear. It is clearly only one person. And he knew that like, oh, my time is up. Right. And so what do you do? You call and apologize. And I'll say make up for it. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as the apology itself goes, we don't have a transcript of the apology. We just have uh, Irvine's reports of what was said. But um, according to what, she reports he did say that she apologized profusely so there was an expression of regret Mm -hmm. um there was no explanation of what went wrong she actually says that she didn't ask him uh what happened so that's that's missing um 
as far as acknowledgement of responsibility, maybe. I think that would all depend on whether or not he's still anonymous. So uh, he said that he did it, but he perhaps has not said who he is. So that's not entirely taking responsibility. Uh, there was a declaration of repentance and an offer of repair. He did offer to pay for the, the cupcakes and the, and the door. And then uh, is there a request for forgiveness? We don't really know. Uh, whether he asked for forgiveness or not, but um, she seems happy with it. Uh, I give the apology a 7.5, but I give the response from the bakery a 100 out of 10. Oh, what a good, good, good um, breakdown, because I just like, this apology is a good nine, right? Um, Admittedly, what spurred the apology, in my opinion, Mm-hmm. is all the video footage that was all over TikTok right. in the news and this guy's face. And like, I'm sure all of his friends were calling him and were like, yeah. dude, you're in the news. I'm going <laughs> to tell. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But for sure, this baker has um, sh- given us all a lesson in what mm-hmm. true class is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she she did good. Um She's a very, a very kind person, and her cupcakes look absolutely delicious. So, go girl. I hope that this makes you a millionaire. Yeah, and that you put Sprinkles out of business, because fuck those guys. Who's Sprinkles? Who is Sprinkles? Sprinkles yeah. Cupcakes? Who's Sprinkles? I, I don't know who Sprinkles is. I am in utter, utter disdain for you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in disdain, sure. Um Sprinkles is a cupcake bakery, and they exclusively do cupcakes. So I'm waving my hand around. I'm okay. offering you a cupcake, an <laughs> imaginary you. cupcake out of air. Yeah. Um, and they invented, did they invent? Sure. The first cupcake ATM. Oh. And they put it out in Beverly Hills uh, just off of Rodeo. Um Actually, I think it was actually on Rodeo. It's on this stupid little side street that sort of makes a tea with Rodeo. Um, And how a cupcake bakery ended up on Rodeo, I have no idea. That would have been a fun thing for me to research. But I do remember (laughs) seeing the, the cupcake ATM when they put it in. And I was like, really? People need cupcakes like at three o'clock in the morning or whatever? Absolutely. Apparently they do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've seen so. vending machines that sell things like cupcake, um, cake slices and things in, in I guess, Japan. Um, but I haven't seen a cupcake vending machine. So that's very cool. I got to go down there and check it out if it's still there. There is one in Austin at the Domain. Um, and so, uh-huh. uh, yeah. And also a Sprinkles Bakery, right? And I think uh-huh. they might be the first bakery to ever just do cupcakes and only cupcakes. Um, I see. But they're... Um, they used to be for sale at Williams Cinema. Who cares? Oh, I wow. know so fucking much about sprinkles. <laughs> uh, and did it start off in LA? I have no idea, but I've heard about sprinkles for years. And I will say, I I've had one of their cupcakes and it was good. That's a cute name for a bakery, sprinkles, a cupcake bakery. Yeah. I like it. I will so, let them know right. that you approve. Thank you. Well, um, you so are do welcome. you have anything before we talk about apologies expected? I do. I have the history of the cupcake and the great cupcake wars between America and Britain. Wow. Yes. No, there's no great cupcake wars between America and Britain. 
Um, I know, but, uh, well, keeping in theme with lightness and sugar and things being sweet, there was not a lot of hot goss in the history of cupcakes. Cupcakes. But I'm trying to think of, I'm working on a cake joke and it's just not there. So <laughs> let's dive in. Let's start eating. So the origins of cupcakes could be traced back to ancient times, although they were quite different from the cupcakes we know today. The concept of baking small, individualized size cakes can be found in many ancient civilizations, including Egypt, Greece, and Rome. These early versions of cupcakes were basically the same thing we have today, flour and eggs and honey, right? Mm. Um, but the modern cupcake, as we know it today, uh, was born in the 19th century, during this time, baking ingredients became more readily available, and advancements in technology, like the invention of baking powder, made baking easier. The term cupcake itself is believed to have originated from the practice of measuring ingredients using cups. There is a bit of a debate in, with, among cupcake historians about this. It is either the fact that cupcakes were baked in cups, and therefore they were cakes in a cup, cupcakes, or that you measured cups of whatever Butter. for cakes, right? Yeah. I, I'm on the camp of baking them in a cup is what makes them a cupcake. Okay. All right. And uh, furthering that, uh, that correctness of my stance, <laughs> in the um, early 19th century, cupcakes were also known as number cakes or one, two, three, four cakes due to the simple recipe, which called for one cup of butter, two cups of sugar, three cups of flour, and four eggs. Wow. Yeah. So, all right. Um, who invented the cupcake? Well, here's where things get not... Marky? Well, we sort of do know who invented the cupcake, or at least there's a person we're going to give credit for, right? Who invented the cupcake? Nobody knows, right? But the first time that it appears in print... Um, was 1796, and the woman who wrote the um, cookbook, Amelia Simmons, uh, called it the cupcake a light cake to bake in small cups in her mm. cookbook, American Cookery. Um, so she's the the first person historians will credit for air quotes around inventing, but she documented the cupcake, right? Um, but the first official use of the phrase cupcake was uh, in 1828, and wow. that is a phrase used by Eliza Leslie, who wrote a cookbook called 75 Receipts for Pastry, Cakes, and Sweetmeats. Uh, the recipe described a cake baked in small cups and referred to it as a light cake baked in small cups. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm really taken with this Amelia Simmons, who is our first person to actually cough up a recipe for cupcakes, mm -hmm. right? So 1796, we get the first recipe for what is a cupcake. 1828, we get the name cupcake. So Amelia Simmons um, is an American writer, was an American writer, cookbook writer, noted for publishing The American Cookery. This cookbook is considered an important text that provides insight into the language and culinary practices of former colonists, which helped shape American identity. It is considered to be the first American cookbook published in the United States. 
Little is known about Simmons' life, except that she was an orphan and would never stop talking about that fact. (laughs) (laughs) I could say that because I'm an orphan, too. (laughs) She was left to the care of several guardians, and this was said to have helped shape shape her character. Um, And so she was known to be opinionated and determined. Good for her. In light of the fact that she was a female author... It does seem that she may have had some strong will because uh, women weren't supposed to publish in the late 1700s. Um, So Simons was forced to earn her living as a domestic worker. She was later described as a modest, a woman of modest means. I don't know why her financial standing is important, but there you go. Um, In her published book, it was noted that she was preoccupied with her status in life. In her own words, Simmons claimed that she was circumscribed in her knowledge and lacked an education sufficient to prepare the work for the press. So basically, I know how to cook, but I'm too dumb to actually write a book. But here you go. You're welcome, Amelia. Um, So let's see. According to historian Karen Hess, Simmons probably lived in New York's Albany area, which was the center of the manufacture of potash, a prominent ingredient in Simmons recipes. I don't know what potash is. Um, the, let's see. And Simmons also used a lot of Dutch words in her cookbook. So sticking her in the New York area in the late 1700s makes sense. Um, let's see. Simmons' American Cookery was published in 1796. During this period, all cookbooks used in the colonies were British. This book contained practical recipes that catered to the wider American audience, as well as the meals that appealed to those who had a larger budget, um, as it taught its readers how to eat simply but sumptuously. This work is considered significant for addressing the deficiencies, and I'll use that word again, deficiencies of British cookbooks, which was you take some meat and you boil it. Take some more meat and you boil it. Boil this meat until it's boiled. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, and why um, why were there deficiencies? Well, because American culture just had a different um, palate, we'll say, by the late 1700s. The cookbook was described as a place that acknowledged British heritage and introduced a new kind of cuisine and citizen cook. Its preface claimed that it was adapted to this country, meaning America. While it contained recipes um, copied from British cookbooks, it also included meals that had indigenous American ingredients or meals that substituted Native American ingredients. What? Wikipedia, that doesn't make sense. Um, Simons copied her entries on creams. Shame on you. That's plagiarism. But then (laughs) apparently she wasn't educated and didn't know that. But uh, she introduced new ingredients such as cornmeal, pumpkins, and molasses. Copying was said to be commonplace, and Simmons' recipes also were copied by other cooks later on in their own cookbooks. The U.S. Library of Congress, owning one of the only four known copies of the first edition of American Cookery, has designated this book to be one of the 88 books that shaped America. Hmm. Who knew that there were 88 books? I didn't know there were 88 books that shaped America. Why aren't there 100? Why are there only 88? 
listen, Library of Congress, you need to call me. Okay. As the 19th century progressed, cupcakes became more popular and started to appear at social gatherings and parties. They are often decorated with icing or frosting and served on special occasions. Cupcake molds made of tin or aluminum also became widely available um, in the late 19th century, further contributing to the ease of cooking cupcakes, because otherwise you had to just find a bunch of cups. In the 20th century, cupcakes continued to gain popularity, especially in the United States. Uh, in the 1950s, we get the invention of cake mix, box cake mix, which made it very easy to make cupcakes. Um, let's see here. And then I've got a couple of fun cupcake facts. Mm. Cupcake ATM, Sprinkles, a famous, but not to Juliet, cupcake bakery. Mm-hmm. Introduced the world's first cupcake ATM in Beverly Hills. Uh, National Cupcake Day is December 15th. And that's it for interesting facts about cupcakes. <laughs> Sorry. I have to put National Cupcake Day in my calendar so I can celebrate it this year. It's exactly. Day. Um, and then in Britain, of course, they have cupcakes, but they also have something known as fairy cakes. And I've always thought that a fairy cake was just another name for a cupcake. Mm-hmm. It's not. Fairy cakes are different from cupcakes. Let's get into it. Fairy cakes are smaller, and uh, typically the tops are cut off and set aside, and then a small amount of jam is placed in the center and Uh a small amount of cream on top. The tops are then cut in two and placed on either side of the cream, making sort of looking like fairy wings, maybe. Right? That bit of a stretch there, in my opinion. But, yeah, I always thought they were fairy cakes just because whatever, that's what they were called. But yeah. that seems to be a different thing. Um, now, in the in the confusion of the origin of cupcakes, there was something in the late 1700s known as queen cakes. And queen cakes um, were first recorded in 1724 by a, I don't know if he's a cook, Name a fellow named Robert Smith in his book, Court Cookery, or The Complete English Cook. He instructs people to make queen cakes using currants um, and flavorings like mace. Here's his recipe. Take a pound of dried flour. Is there wet flour? Okay. <laughs> Take a pound of dried flour, a pound of refined sugar shifted, and a pound of, sorry, that's sifted, not shifted, and a pound of currants washed, picked, and rubbed clean, and a pound of butter washed very well. Why are you washing butter? I don't know. Okay. And then you rub it into the flour and sugar with a little beaten mace and a little orange flour water. Beat 10 eggs, but half of the whites. Work it all together with your hands and put in the currants Sift it in the double refined sugar and put them immediately into a gentle oven to bake. A gentle oven. A gentle oven. And yeah. So then let's see. Um, And I went on chat GPT because like I can't stay away. I'm addicted. And I was like, hey, chat GPT, tell me about important cupcakes in history. Because I'm really (laughs) flailing here. 
So it coughed up sprinkles, which we know about. It coughed up Magnolia Bakery's cupcakes, which is located uh-huh. in New York City. Aha, see, you knew you knew uh-huh. that one. And that gained widespread recognition after being featured in the popular television show Sex and the City in the year 2000, mm. which for inattentive listeners was 23 years ago. My God. Ah, oh, fuck. The show's characters were often seen indulging in the bakery's iconic pastel cut. I watched Sex and the City a ton. I don't remember Magnolia Bakery. I don't remember them ever eating a cupcake. I don't remember them ever eating. All they did was drink cosmopolitan. <laughs> um, and then royal wedding cupcakes. Cupcakes made their way into the royal scene when Prince William and that woman, Kate Middleton, chose a multi-tiered cupcake display for their wedding in 2011. Fun. Amazing. All right. And then because I was on chat GPT and I just fucking love to torture that poor little thing. <laughs> Have cupcakes ever been used in murder? <laughs> <laughs> and poor chat. I'm going to get shut off from chat GPT. Um, and the response is, I'm not aware of any documented cases where cupcakes specifically have been used as a method of murder. It is important. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay. I can't do this straight face. I can totally do this. Ready? It is important to note that cupcakes are generally harmless and enjoyable treats. <laughs> generally. Generally. <laughs> However, in the realm of crime and mystery fiction, there may be fictional stories or scenarios where cupcakes or food in general are used as a plot device in murder mysteries or thrillers. These are purely works of fiction and not based on real events. In reality, the use of cupcakes as a method of murder or harm is highly unlikely. Well, I guess ChatGTP is a fan of cupcakes. And that's what I have for the interesting and amazing um, world and history of cupcakes. Thank you, Amelia, for writing that recipe down. Um, Queen cakes sound awful, so I'm glad they never got any traction over here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I'll say that's what I've got you're welcome, awesome. America thank and you. the world. Yes. I thank you on behalf of America and the world. You're qualified um, to do that because you've been to Norway. That's right. <laughs> so I have an apology expected. Do you? I do, but let's hear yours. Okay. Well, mine is thanks to you because you oh. sent me an article about, um, a critical article about Hannah Gatsby's exhibit regarding Pablo Picasso, which is being held at the Brooklyn Museum right now. So that's all. I think that was the Artnet um, article that you sent me, Art News, Artnet. Um, and that's one of only a f- one of a f- one of many, only one of many, whatever um, articles that have come out that have been really critical. And Jason Frago of the New York Times, in particular, owes me personally an apology for taking cheap shots at this exhibit. Um, sure, the exhibit has a cheesy title, which is the title is "It's Pablomatic." Sure, it ignores the work of Cubist women who were Picasso's contemporaries. The descriptive texts that go along with the um, the art included in the exhibit may indeed be juvenile. Uh, and sure, Gatsby only has a bachelor's degree in art and may not be qualified to curate an exhibit, but I'm sure they're not the first. Uh, there's not enough feminist art. I could get behind that. But my beef is that the critics should have waited until I had a chance to see the exhibit in two weeks before putting out their articles. Um, also, I will note that all of the critical articles that I saw were by men, and it was 100% inevitable that the mainstream art world would find fault with this exhibit. So... 
um, and Pasternak, who is the Brooklyn Museum's director, in fact said, to those who question whether Gatsby's voice belongs in this exhibit, I would simply ask whose interests are threatened by including it or who benefits from excluding it. So um, up yours, critics. Uh, I'm going to go see this exhibit in two weeks and I'm going to enjoy it. (laughs) And I'm going to find it to be amazing and awesome. That's right. I will. And I'll be back here talking about it. I mean, yeah, I saw another um, article that said something to the effect of like, um, it, don't go see it. It was, I think it was kind of in the line of the onion or in the vein of the onion. Uh-huh. And it was male critics, art, male art critics heads explode. <laughs> I missed that. I'll have to go look for it. Yeah. Uh, 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 I don't know how it could go wrong, to be honest with you. She's I don't, super she's, fucking insightful and smart. Well, she's a they actually. So oh, I didn't realize. Insightful, yeah, they, they are. I, I keep I keep screwing it up myself. Um, but so they're totally fun and smart and interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they had to say about Picasso. But I just want to look at the art. I just want to go check out the Picassos that are there and the other art that they put alongside it and see uh, see what I can make of it. So I'm totally looking forward to it, and I don't care what these critics had to say. Exactly. Well, that's the whole thing about art. It doesn't matter what critics have to say. It only matters what we have to say. That's right. That's so. with everything. So what's your apology expected this week, or who's sorry now? Well, um, I have an apology expected, and it involves cheesecake, because Ooh. weirdly, cupcakes have never been used in murder, but cheesecake <laughs> oh, has been used really? in attempted murder. Yes. And so, apology expected. Uh, Let's see. This is from April of 2023. The apology has not happened yet. Apology expected from Victoria Nasirova. Nasirova. Victoria Nasirova is a Russian-born woman who was sentenced to 21 years in a U.S. prison for trying to kill her American lookalike with a poison cheesecake and then steal her identity. Whoa. Yes. And a ruthless and calculating con artist is going to prison for a long time for trying to murder her way to personal profit and gain, a Queens district attorney said in a statement. Nasarova visited the home of her then 35-year-old victim in August of 2016, bearing the gift of a cheesecake. At the time, the pair resembled one another. Both spoke Russian, had dark hair. Well, they resembled each other. I don't know why we're going to description. Um, and they're yeah, pretty, sure. The women ate the dessert. Uh, the, sorry, the woman ate the dessert and began to feel sick before passing out. Um, so they're not giving the full story there. So what happened was both women are Russian, but I'm only going to call the one woman Russian, right? Uh mm-hmm. Because I'm going to highlight the fact that Russians love to use poison. Um, (laughs) So the Russian woman came over to her friend's house. Her friend was a beautician. Mm -hmm. And the Russian woman brought three pieces of cheesecake with her. And she ate two of them. (laughs) Right? And then says to her friend, oh, you should have that last one. I've had two. You don't need to worry about your figure. You're fine. No, I can't eat that cheesecake. It is too rich. And too I'll get too fat. No, go on. Look, guys, they're so delicious. I've had two. <laughs> so, so the beautician 
ate the poison cheesecake. And then the Russian woman, after the beautician passed out, got up and decided she was going to make this scene look like a suicide. And so grabbed a bunch of pill bottles and opened them up and scattered the pills all around the body. Right. Which, uh, sure, that's exactly what every scenario, right? right? That's how it always plays out. (laughs) The pills never end up inside the person. Right. You die because they're scattered all around you. And the waves... (laughs) of medication, the electronic mm-hmm. waves kill you. Right. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're just going to say, I bet that there will be an apology. Uh, the beautician lived and, um, Victoria, what the hell? Katerina, uh, Victoria, uh, is now officially in jail. So, and I'm sure the biography is coming out. How sweet it was. My yes. stolen moment of bliss. Yes. Did this story come from ChatGPT? No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> this is just one I had in my head. I oh, was like, wow. oh, I know I know when a dessert was used to murder somebody. Attempted. Wow. Yeah. So, cupcakes harmless, cheesecake. Cheesecakes deadly. not so much. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, that was You're good. welcome. Good job. Um, I think that's it for this week. That is it for this week. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back. Uh, I think we'll be back next week. Yes, we will be back next week with a new episode. And uh, until then, stay cool, cucumbers, and don't drip potato chips. Vergenschlocken. That is Norwegian for goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Vergenschlocken. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>